<laughs> I, I know you're on the show, but yeah, we we just don't not not you per se, just <clears throat> just people in general. You know what it is? Is it, it's not it's not that I don't like guests. It's that I'm realizing more and more I don't like being stuck to a specific subject. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you have somebody on who's about something specific, you you definitely feel an obligation to stick to that subject, which is fine. But I think the further we go, the more it's like we just want to go. Yeah, but what do you want to be known for? Like, what would you, if somebody was to say, hey, what's it? I was at, oh man, I was at a Starbucks mm-hmm. in, let's just say Hood River. Okay. I don't, I'm not exactly sure where, but it was somewhere on, in that Eastern bound area. And I was getting coffee, obviously, through Starbucks. And I was wearing my two painting guys t-shirt and the guy's like, oh, you have a podcast, which is great <laughs> because, you know, it doesn't even say podcast. I was going to say, how did he know that? <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, you have a podcast, you know? And I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do have a podcast. He goes, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. What's it about? And I said, oh, it's just about everything. And I told him. And then I left. And I was telling my wife and my son. I was like, wow, that guy was really impressed that we have a podcast. You know, not knowing that anybody can start a podcast. You don't even need microphones. You just right. like can record it from your phone. But he just thought it was so cool, and he must have thought, like, you just never know if somebody's, like, going to be famous. See, I'm getting the opposite feeling, which is, like, since we started our podcast, I personally know, like, five other people who have started a podcast, and I'm doing air quotes, because, I mean, what is a podcast really anymore? It's just literally two people sitting around talking, or, or one. And so I was like, oh, when we started, I was like, cool, I don't think I know that many other people who are giving this a go. I mean, I know a lot of people all the time who are talking. You know, you always used to hear people go... Well, we do talk about uh, doing something really cool. Yeah, or I, specifically, I want to start a podcast. Um, and now it seems like there's actually legitimately like five people in our semi-people group who are doing it. So I was like, eh, yeah. How many episodes have they produced? That's true. The one specific one that I really hang on to that I go, yes, we beat them, was right when we started, somebody we know's wife... Started one with her friend. Oh yeah, I know and they one. got two episodes in, and then they they promoted they promoted it so much better than we did. They had an insta- I blame promotion on you. Yeah, really? you should, and mm-hmm. I and I'll take that L. But they had a amazingly built Instagram page. Like you know, you ever see those Instagram page that like millennials or Gen Zers do, and it just has this like great aesthetic. Mm. Like you look at it, and you're like, somebody really good built this. They had a really great Instagram page. They did promotion videos. They did all the stuff, and then they did two episodes. And the episodes were like two months apart, and they've never made one since then. But, but, and I don't even think they're friends anymore. That's the worst part. <laughs> well, I, I was wondering that. I was like, well, if if we're two opinionated guys, I'm locked down to that two number. And if you leave, because you know I'm the committed that's one. That's true. If you leave, I'm just going to replace you, because I own everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's all this mine. Really, yeah. That's true. I mean, do you even know how to get to the website? I uh, I can figure it out. <laughs> Well, that's true. My logins aren't that hard. Yeah, that's yeah. true. What would you want to be known for, though? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think that... Because uh, it's going to lead down to another question I was going to ask you. I think just more like um, stream of consciousness talking, like at this point, because I think we've tried the real specific topical stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think going into this with a specific topic in mind, like politics, we got really into politics for a while. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I was really regretting it when we were going down that rabbit hole. I was like, I don't want to be all about politics all the time. But the only reason we were is because everybody was all about politics. Isn't that, that what's time. happening right now, though? Like, and then, dude, as soon as still the, happening, as soon as the political stuff stopped, we stopped doing it. So I was like, "Oh, that's what we do. We just talk about whatever's on our mind in the moment. That's yeah. it." Yeah. So it's not quite Joe Rogan. But what would you want to be, though? Like, if you if you had an eye, 
Aaron, what do you want to be known for? Yeah, I don't know, man, because I don't know how to encapsulate it. They're, I think the thing about podcasts is they're not specifically well, about anything. Right, let's just pretend, like, just you. What, what do you want to be known for? I mean, if I was stuck in front of my mic alone without you to yeah. talk to, it would probably be really boring and about economics. Oh, yeah. I'd be going real deep into economics. Like, if somebody was like, oh, you know, Aaron on that show, he's the he's the economics guy. That's what you'd want? I don't know that I would want that, but I think that's where I would go. Hmm. Left to my own devices, I would talk about economics a lot. Even right now, there are times where I go, oh my gosh, this is what's interesting to me right now. And I go, no, I can't do that again. I can't talk about that economics-y thing again. Oh, wow, I like it. I think it's intriguing. <clears throat> like, um, Give me some economics. Well, it's... And that's the thing. Economics ties right into now. some of things. <laughs> jargon. <laughs> yes, I guess it, economic Supply jargon to our, to our I listeners. was listening to um, Peter Schiff talk about how Bitcoin and uh, how Elon Musk is getting so behind Bitcoin again. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I was listening to Peter Schiff's thoughts on why he thinks it's happening. And he doesn't really know for sure, but he said his thought on it, and this I thought was really interesting, um, Peter Schiff, financial expert guy, economist, he said, well, I think Elon Musk is backing Bitcoin because Bitcoin is clearly a bubble. And he said, when you live in a bubble, you don't want to throw pins. So basically he thinks Tesla is in a bubble, a big bubble. Mm. And he said, so he thought Elon Musk was like protecting the bubble because he's like, well, Tesla's in a bubble. Bitcoin's a huge bubble. He's like, yes, Tesla does have some value as a company. And I was like, some value? They have a lot of value, right? Yeah. And he was like, nope, total bubble. He's like, they're going to crash for sure. And I was like, wow. And he basically just said that. Um, Why? Why does he, he think it's he, in a bubble? He thinks it's a bubble because he thinks the stock price has absolutely zero relation to the value of the company. Well, I have heard that. I mean, I, I remember going this. You know, you know what's disappointing? Because mm. I, I, I remember talking about this a while back, like just telling people, I'm like, I just don't understand Tesla as a company. I mean, they make no money. Their cars don't make any money, but their stock keeps going up. They're a, they're a business that loses money, but their stock value is the only thing keeping them alive, which I don't <laughs> pretend to understand. But what's frustrating is when I mention those things, I don't have an economics background, so people don't listen to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then and and who knows? I'm just guessing, I guess, at that point, right? Maybe my maybe I'm really smart, and people just don't know it yet. Dude, I'm realizing more and more because you know some of the people who made the most money in the weirdest times were the people who were you know short sellers who were basically betting on a market being a bubble and saying this is going to crash. And they always get looked at as crazy. Like in the 08 housing fight, I mean, you've seen it, the big short. I mean, that was a big one where I'm sure a lot of guys on Wall Street thought those short sellers were crazy because they're like, this is going to last forever. And the thing is that in hindsight, you always look back and go, no, no, no. Everyone was an idiot who thought this would last forever. How could housing prices go up like that forever? Are we in that same spot right now? Oh, we are 100%. I mean, I just had somebody send me something about the housing bubble right now. And we talk about it a lot. We're like, oh my gosh, our houses keep going up, which makes us feel good. But holy crap, I mean... It can't be right. No, it can't be right. And cars too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. So, I mean, when you say a bubble, when he says a bubble, because, you know, we live on the West Coast and Teslas are all over the road. They're being sold all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going, yeah, I mean, Tesla is a viable car manufacturer. And they're somebody that they're going to, they're going to make it for the long haul. They're paving the way for everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're, they're paving the way and you go a little bit east into the, you know, mainland United States, mm-hmm. maybe not the East Coast, but, the, you know, then you don't see as many. And is that the bubble? Like, because I guess somebody who says it's a bubble, you and I, or at least me, uh, have a hard time relating to that because I go, is it? I see them all everywhere. But maybe somebody sitting in, uh, I don't know, Kansas is going, 
Yeah, no, that doesn't make it. No, Tesla's never going to take off. Yeah. Yeah, I that yeah, that's true. I think that's part of it. I think part I think when I I think the the thing that he missed the mark on is when he was talking about Tesla being a bubble is like yeah, Tesla's a bubble and GMC's in a bubble and the housing market's in a bubble and GMC. Pr- no, no, I'm just saying everything's in everything's a bubble. Everything's in a bubble. It's a bubble. We what? we're living in a bubble right now. Biodome. We're living in a biodome economically. Why, why are we Every, why is everything in a bubble? What's causing this? This is interesting to me. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I mean, I, I would like to preface that I'm only speculating, but this. You, is, but you are the economist. I just like you're the theologian. Yes. Thank you. When we talk about God, it's all you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, One of us is going to heaven. I think a lot of it just has to do with the. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's me. I know. <laughs> in case you were guessing, right. uh, I think most of it has to do with just how much, um, how many dollars are getting pumped into the economy. And also how few goods we're actually producing here. So when you have a lot of dollars, like physical paper money being pumped into the economy, which we do more than ever, like by a long shot, and you're producing fewer goods in the continental United States, there's going to be a disconnect between pricing and actual value. And that's what's actually happening right now, which it's hard to see. And like Peter Schiff always says, nobody cares about a bubble when asset prices go up. When the bubble comes to the the veil of asset prices going up, Everyone's happy about it. So everyone's willing to be like, it's not a bubble. This is great because all of our stuff is, I mean, dude, I purchased my car brand new six months ago and I've got offers now from dealers willing to pay me six months later with 5,000 more miles on the car, what I paid for it six months ago, brand new. That's bubblish. But who, shouldn't the higher ups, shouldn't the, the people that run these companies, the people who run the banks, the people who run... Um, you know, the, the mortgage industries, the people who run major manufacturing, like the CEOs of GM, shouldn't they be, shouldn't they be aware? They've got to be aware of this, right? Yeah. But what would they do? I don't know. That's actually, what's going to be my next question to you. <laughs> How do you hedge against this? Like, what is the, I mean, because it's like, uh, what is the saying? Make hay while the sun is out. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're just saying, well, great, let's just sell more stuff and, let the prices go up accordingly. Let the let the prices float with the market and take advantage while consumers want to spend their money. So what do you do as an individual? Like, what's the best move you can do as an individual? I think that to some degree, and again, this is like such the popular term now, and all the Bitcoiners are going to be like, yes, is you have to hedge against inflation by getting basically divesting yourself from the dollar and investing yourself in something non-dollar related. If you're looking for long-term, if you're looking for short-term, you should be buying the cheapest assets you can buy, letting them appreciate, and then assuming you're going to sell them in the near or semi-near future, which Mm. that's where I'm stuck at, where I go, I don't know what to do because, I mean, I'm not really on the gold train right now where I want to just put all my money in gold, but I mean, the dollar is getting a little out of control where I'm like, gosh, how smart would you feel just imagine how smart you'd feel if you took all of your money, you were one of these crazy kooks who took all your money and you're like, I'm going to put it all in XYZ, gold, silver, and some other inflation hedges. And then all of a sudden the dollar literally crashed and everyone stuck with dollars was poor. And you were like, I made it. I did it. I kind of feel like that's going to happen sooner or later. It's going to be like an 08 housing crisis. But you're not doing that. I don't really have a lot to do it with. Like I don't have a tremendous amount of wealth to go... But even my, if you had... Even my you, biggest store of wealth right now is my house, and it's just going up. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with that? So, Sell it. <laughs> so wouldn't it be... I mean, even if you had $500, wouldn't you heed your own advice and go do that? 
Yeah, I I actually have talked to the company that I work with and said I want to take most of the money that I've got with them and putting it in gold. So how do you do? That? How do you even go buy gold? You have to. I think you have to find like a kind of like Bitcoin. You have to find somebody who's like an exchange, and you can either purchase the gold. I was going to go to my backyard and see if I could find some. And just dig, dig it, it up. up. Yeah, I was going to go metal mining. Detector. Is that not? Have you we... thought about metal detecting before? No. Does that seem really old man and boring to you? Yeah, it sounds nerdy. To Weirdly, me. it sounds very exciting. To yeah, me. that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I actually, think actually I have a metal detector. So my son got one oh, for his really? birthday, and I bet they're really good these days. They're really good. Yeah, because like, like the metal detector. You, you look itself. back in the old. Yeah. You ever watch those old movies where the, like the old man's out there and he's got mm-hmm. the headphones on and the big box, but it picks up anything and everything. Yeah, but I bet the new ones. Are, yeah, they could tell whether it's copper, nickel. Yeah. I like, bet. I bet you gold, they'll give you silver. shapes. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm not digging for it's that. It's an X-ray. It's, it's an old acid. Yeah, I don't know if it's that good. But like my wife is from New Jersey, and I've always thought, oh, that'd be sweet to go back because, dude, she grew up in the exact same town that George Washington was like stationed out of in the Revolutionary War, and she had no freaking idea. And I was like, how do you not know that you grew up in that town? Well, okay. that's I see that. But have you ever been to the Oregon Trail Museum in Oregon City? No, I've also never been to the <laughs> okay. Lewis and Clark Museum. But I knew None they were there. Okay. No? Well, you knew they were there. Good job. Yeah. You, so we're driving back uh, through the Columbia Gorge with my kids. And I'm like, oh, there's Lewis and Clark Trail. There's Lewis and Clark Trail. I went to the Oregon uh, Trail Museum I don't know, when I was in high school, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I didn't even know that much about the Oregon Trail. Um, I don't know why. But you don't <laughs> visit things in your own town a lot, right? You're just like, you don't play tourist in your own town. But it's kind of fun to play tourist in your own town. You learn some things. And, dude, some of the Lewis and Clark uh, forts and trails, dude, those are awesome. And every time I, I go somewhere, I'm thinking about Lewis and Clark going, how did they, what were they thinking yeah. when they came across, especially the Columbia? I'm going, they came, they came to it, and they're going, wow. When do we cross? Mm-hmm. Okay, at what point do we cross this thing? It's a cliff, mm-hmm. and then it's a it's a pretty big, it's a wide river, and it, it's fast moving. I think of that all the time when I'm like walking into kind of like an untouched wilderness area. I go, this is probably what Lewis and Clark were looking at all of Oregon like. And then you hear those stories about um, settlers who came into eastern Oregon and planted, and they got like attacked by Native Americans. And I was like, wow, all that happened in Oregon. Also, it's interesting because everyone knows the Oregon Trail. And that's pretty much the only thing about Oregon that they know. Because, <laughs> like, I also visited my wife's family in New Jersey. and No, now that now we're known for riots and protests. Yeah, or... that's true. Thanks, Portland. Yes, thanks, we're on the map now. Thanks, lefty government. But I asked, uh, they said, well, what did you think about New Jersey? And I said, oh, you know, I think about the Jersey Shore and, like, tan people with, mm. like, spiky hair and the accents. Gross. And I said, what did you think about Oregon? And they go, well, we never thought about Oregon before. <laughs> 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 what did you think about? We and, didn't even know it and existed. I remember looking at her parents as they were saying this to me, and I like part of me wanted to be really insulted, but then I looked at the genuineness in their face, and I go, "Oh, you like you just you literally never thought of it." They I mean, like it'd be like thinking of South Dakota. Yeah, it's true. Do you, do you ever think about South Dakota? No, dude. Right, and but I think of Oregon as such a unique. But I also feel like we're next to California, which people think of California, never Oregon. Right. Yeah. On the West Coast. Yeah. I knew, I mean, yeah, when you're on the West Coast, because I grew up in California, everybody knew about Oregon's, you know, mm-hmm. where you go and visit and then where you retire someday. Mm, interesting. Is that still the case? Are you kidding? That's what drives our housing market up. The, the I, peop- see, I don't know if that's true. Still is. I, dude, talk to some real estate agents. There are people coming up from California because there's houses that are going for fifty, dollars $100,000 more than asking price, which is absolutely insane. You go, how do you afford it? And they go, well, they sold their house in California. I mean, the thing is, we can go buy a house. If we sold our house, the option would be to move to a different state, right? You couldn't buy another house here because you'd just be paying up the nose. Mm-hmm. So in order for people to afford those, they have to come from a more expensive area. The more expensive area is California or Seattle, I guess. I mean, it makes sense. So just 
I've always kind of heard two sides of that, which is one is, yes, that's happening. The other is like, oh, that's just what Oregonians say when they complain about everything. Yeah. Californians. No, no, it's Cal- I know they always do that. But then like, again, oh, you're one of them. I know. I was thinking about that. And they're like, ah, and I just go, ah, freaking Californians. <laughs> Those Californians. <laughs> Those guys. And you know what's funny about where you're born? Like, I mean, I moved up here in high school and I've been living in Oregon longer than I've been living in California. So, I mean, I don't know by whatever standard you have by what you're considered an Oregonian versus a Californian. But you know, your birth certificate lives with you forever. It mm. will always forever say born in California. Oh. So, no matter what, if you if I only lived there a year or two months when I was born and then my parents got out of Dodge, mm. it will follow you forever. I mean, you put it on all, a lot of applications. It's on your passport. It's mm-hmm. like, that's stamped. You're a Californian. It's interesting because where we work, we see a lot of people's information and we go, oh, I like, I could tell where people, you know, came from. A lot of times their social security number, I think, mm-hmm. tells, like, you can tell by their social, like, what part of the region they're from. Like, my wife's social starts with a one. Mine starts with a zero. And then that's, like, apparently indicative of New Jersey. You know, mine starts with a zero. Really? And I'm, I was born in California when I was three. We went to Connecticut, moved to Connecticut. Apparently, they didn't require a social security number when you were born. They, so you like went and got it. And my parents didn't get it till, I don't know, three years later. And they got them for all three of our kids. So both my sisters, we all start with a zero because that's what oh, East Coast weird. was. I was going to say, that's weird that California is a lower number. Oh, than... no. It's that was, so yeah. we got it issued an East Coast social security huh. number. That's interesting. But mm-hmm. I only looking, lived there for like a year and a half. And but looking, you know, coming in that Portland area, you see how many people are just transients. They're from different areas. And I'm always like, oh, I'm just an Oregonian. I've just been here my whole life. I, mm-hmm. I feel some sense of like I you, should move out. You, you should play tourist in Oregon. That's what you should do. I think that's actually a good idea. You know, when Lynn moved here, my wife from New Jersey, she was like in awe of everything. Mm-hmm. And it really made me look at Oregon differently. Oh, yeah, when and people like, come and they're like, dude, your trees are so big. And I go, I guess. I mean, they're just tre- they're just trees. Which specific tree are you talking right. about? <laughs> Is there a particular big one around here? Mm-hmm. She would look at all these like vistas and the mountains. And she was like, um, I remember her sending me a picture. And it was like, it kind of like looked like a rolling hill on a golf course. Like that's the extent that it looked big to me. And I go, oh, cool. And she's apparently she thought that was a really good view. And then she came to Oregon where it was like majestic snowy peak mountains. And she was like, oh, I thought we had mountains in New Jersey, but this is... No, they, uh, my friends came here from the Carolinas and they're like, oh man, look at all the mountains. I go, those are just hills. I mean, those, those are not mountains. That's a mountain. And I pointed over to Hood and, you know, and they're like, holy crap. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Now, but, playing tourists, I think that's actually a good idea. Well, because you, you get to discover things that you wouldn't, you you feel like maybe, I don't know, are we self-conscious about it or... Why, and, why do we not want to explore our I think own it's town? laziness. Hmm. But but here's the other thing. When I like the, the further back in time you go, probably the less interested in things you were taught in school you were like history and science. And then for some reason, as you get a little older, you become a little more intrigued with that stuff. So I think we're probably in a season of life where maybe we're getting more interested in like the history of Oregon. I, yeah. I am a little bit. You, you know, when you talk about exploring and thinking about Lewis and Clark. I always think about uh, the Truman show when he's like, I, when I grow up, I want to be an explorer. And then the teacher's like, ah, everything's already been explored. So there's nothing for you to explore. <laughs> and he's like, huh? And I was thinking about that. I always think about that. Cause I go, Oh, uh, so yeah, everything is kind of already discovered. Right. And then I watch, you ever watch expedition unknown? No, uh, my kid watches it. It's like this, he's like an archeologist goes all over the world. And there are parts of the world. They're still like, uh, I mean, places in, um, 
Egypt, Jerusalem, all that stuff that they're like mining caves, you know, where the Dead Sea Scrolls came from, mm. you know, and they only found those, what, like 50 years ago? Mm-hmm. It's not even that old that they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. They're still digging in caves and finding more scrolls. Mm. And to this day, they're like, oh, it would just take forever for us to find it. Or like the Library of Alexandria that burnt up and they were like saying how there's like millions of years of information they think were in there, like scientific recordings to some extent that are burned, lost in time, like things that we will never know now. Isn't that weird? Do you ever think about that? Where it's like, we had that Bitcoin podcast not too long ago, and and I kept pushing, well, Brandon, who was on, in other conversations, I pushed really hard about like, yeah, but what if the economy collapses? What if the infrastructure goes down? And he was like, finally conceded, which I felt like it was a victory. I, he's, I said, well, he's like, okay, in apocalypse, mm-hmm. like hell is freezing over, yes, Bitcoin would be useless. So he finally did admit it would be useless under those circumstances. But- Everyone talks about the infrastructure going down, like technology, the internet, electricity, whatever, just going down. Can you, do you think of how much information we only have documented digitally and how that would all be vanished if ever the apocalypse happened, like a catastrophic instance happened? We would lose so much information that isn't physically written anywhere. Yeah. I mean, isn't it stored on some sort of device? But like you look back in time and there are only certain thing, things that were written down, right, in very specific ways that could stand through. Like, they made it, but there's think how much information probably isn't written down. How much information got lost, like word-of-mouth tradition stuff. Now, who's always recording this history? Who's writing those history books? <sighs> well, who's you're a- the theologian, so let's talk about the Bible. Who wrote that? Lots of people wrote Lots it. Lots of people. Yeah. It's quite, it, was, it was passed down. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you have a, you have a bunch of different writers. Mm. So highly edited, highly edited, isn't it? No, like the New Testament isn't like pieced together. Like this is how we're going to gel these stories together to be one fluid story. No, no, no. Oh, so I mean the New Testament. I mean if you talk about the Gospels, you have three different writers essentially. Mm-hmm. One of which I think uh, that's Luke. He was a doctor at the time, a physician, and he said, "Okay, I want to find out what happened." And he went and talked to every single eyewitness that he could talk to, and he recorded it in that fashion. Mm. And then you have, you know, one of the, um, Matthew was one of the apostles. So he was an eyewitness to everything and he wrote his own story. Same thing with, um, John. And then I think Mark is speculative that, uh, it's Peter and Peter and Paul that Mark transcribed for, I Mm. think, but they, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest cases. I don't know if you ever read this book. It's called the case for Christ uh, by Lee Strobel. It's it's a really cool book, and it's this guy who's like a lawyer, and he's like, when you present a case, you've got to have all this evidence. And Jesus is just he's just a man that you know was was nothing, and I'm going to prove that. I'm going to go out and I'm going to prove that he wasn't the Messiah. And he goes out, and in his research, he finds out he's like, oh my gosh, I mean, the Gospels were written only 60 years after Jesus's death, and it's like the it's the most evident eyewitness account of something that happened. And he, he ends up proving himself. But if you compare that to any other historical writing, there are hundreds of years before the writing was took place after mm-hmm. the event. The Bible is the only one that actually took place the, the, the soonest after it happened, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to, uh, you know, it's like how much, how many things in your day-to-day life do you somewhat believe in face value? Mostly because of a lack of bandwidth in your mind. You don't have time to 
physically learn everything, like go out and do the experiment or mm. do the number crunching. And yet when it comes to the Bible, and this is one of my biggest knocks with critics of the Bible or critics of Christianity, because I consider myself a Christian, but I'm still in that process, still in that journey. But it's almost laziness when people go, oh, it's not science. And I go, well, what does that mean? What is science? Mm. What is science? Is science something that you've gone out and done and that you've proven? And, and <laughs> Did of course, you pour through the data? <laughs> right. Did, did you are you just books? listening to old people that wrote it down so you're believing taking them? taking their word for it. Taking their word for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but how much science gets overturned. But going back to my original point, thinking about... Science is a liar sometimes. Science is a liar sometimes. Good thing that's not trademarked. Going back to it, wondering if the, you know, I think about that a lot because at first when I heard this little case made for, you know, technology going down and this apocalyptic, like the infrastructure's down and we're in a depression or whatever, and how much information would be lost, I was like, no, we would definitely have a lot of information. And I think, but as we go on, more of it's stored digitally and most of that would be gone. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder too, like how things are stored. So right now I think flash drives are probably like a big one, right? The cloud, whatever that means. Yeah, I know. Well, they got to be stored somewhere, right? Hey, I watched uh, Live Free or Die Hard, and I know how you can <laughs> erase all the information. So, but it, you know they're on they're on a flash drive, or, or whatever you want to say it is. It doesn't really matter. If you rewind twenty years ago and we had the floppy disk, I mean that's how things were stored on there, mm-hmm. and then it became like. Okay, I have a floppy disk. Now, like, if you found an old floppy disk, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, when I was younger, it has my old science reports on it. Like, what what do you do with that? No, it's like CDs, man. Like, I was just cleaning my garage over the weekend, and I found this, this like, you know those, like, cases of CDs you would keep in your car when you mm-hmm. were younger? Yeah, yeah. I have a big I one mean, of those. I probably had 40 CDs in there, and they were, like, really good CDs. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Just for old time's sake, I'm going to put them in. I go... I don't even know if there's a CD player in my car. And then I was like, I don't even know where I would get a CD player. No, but but I think a CD player might be a little bit more readily, readily available than... True, but it's getting to the point where right, that's it's, true. it's getting to that point where I give it another few years and you might not know where to... I got this car from this little old lady and she had these tapes because the car had a tape player because it's an old car. And she's like, oh, and I have all these tapes. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to probably, you can hold on to those ones because I'm going, where am I, where am I playing that? And the, and the same thing with, I mean, yeah, CDs getting that point, but floppy disks, dude, if you found one, I don't, I literally have no idea where I would go to try to get that playing. At least a CD, I go, okay, I can find one somewhere. I think I might have one in the garage Yeah. where I think I can still pick, I think you can still pick one up maybe on eBay, a floppy disk. I do not know how you're getting that information. Off. Oh, I got into a car the other day that I was driving from Salem to Portland from dealership to dealership and music started playing and it was like Johnny Cash or something. I go, oh, this is good. And I was like looking on the, the like multimedia thing. And I was like, what, where's this coming from? Is this the radio? This doesn't CD like changer in the back. No. And I looked, I was like, what is this? And it, and it was a CD. And then mm. I realized the whole interface came off and I go, this is a freaking CD player. And then I was like an old man owned this car because <laughs> no young person would have a CD in there of Johnny Cash. Well, is that where we're going to get to though, where we get all this data stored? So even if, even if it didn't burn down, you know, the apocalypse happened. I mean, eventually you go, I've got to transfer this data from one thing to the other. Yeah, you have to have like a medium to play it on. And maybe that's what the cloud is. But I, not enough of us are confident in where this cloud Dude, is. how long is the cloud going to be a mystery? Because it's still a mystery to me where I go, what, every time someone says it's on the cloud, I go, do you even know what the cloud is? And I was like, not really. It's it's above us. It's that's above us. what a cloud is. <laughs> the other thing that we've kind of become dependent on, at least I know I have, a lot of my videos are stored on 
like, you know, you post a video, it's on Facebook, right? You're like, oh, and then you get the 10 year reminder. I think that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, this is cool. What happens if Facebook goes, I mean, is it, is it feasible that Facebook is just timeless? Like they, it's not going to go away. So many companies come and go. I mean, you know, I, w- I was watching this YouTube video and this is one of the, it's another weirdest. one where my videos are stored. YouTube. This what if that went away? Yeah. One, this is one of the weirdest little things that I do sometimes, but like, it was like, what were the most popular websites over the last 20 years? Oh, I've watched those. And those are fun. It's a time-lapse video mm-hmm. of like on a bar graph chart. Yep. And it was like, you know, Netscape Navigator in 1996 <laughs> was at the top for a long time. And then all of a sudden, like 2000-something, Google comes on and it shoots way up. And I go, yeah, there's some websites on there that people probably thought were never going to go away. Yeah. Yahoo Dude. was a huge... That was the search engine of the day. And then now... And then who thought Google would have came up? So And Why? That's the thing. It's like, what made Google surpass? I mean, we could speculate, but I go, and and the thing mm-hmm. is, is I don't think anybody would have guessed at the time that like Yahoo was going to diminish to nothing. And I don't think anybody would have guessed when Google came on the scene that it was going to become the biggest, you know, conglomerate in the world. So yeah, it seems like Facebook could go away. I think that's one of the issues that we have today is that people, we live like we forget the past. Like, we don't remember how things can just be erased, how catastrophe can... We believe everything that we're born in right now is just the way it's always going to be, and I think that's a huge human error. I worry a lot that that's actually something that we're doing a lot of right now. Like, even the bubble, it's like, do you guys not remember 2008? It's like we forgot it already. Mm -hmm. When housing prices were going up so fast, and everyone's like, this is great. And then it crashed, and we're like, how could we have not seen that? And then a decade later, it's happening again. We're like, this is great again. Isn't that kind of cyclical? It's like every 10 years or so, something like that happens. I don't think a bubble like that is. I think that was pretty unique. I mean, that was like, it wasn't a depression, but for a year there, it was pretty bleak. Like, oh, wait, you're talking about? Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. oh, wait, no, nine, I think we're pretty bad. Hmm. Bounce back, but that's because the government was cranking more money into the economy. But I mean, we forget, right? I mean, that's what we do. And that's, that's something a little bit scary, which is what, what makes me think about where we store all of our information. Cause I go, gosh, there could be a time where when we take all this for granted, it could, it could collapse on us. And then what do we have left to again? How do you hedge against that? That's kind of the conclusion I'm coming to is I go, I don't know, man, just gotta live your life. And do you have a, um, a separate, uh, what do they call that? Um, like a ROM drive or, um, Man, I can't even think of the name. But like it's a it's separate than your computer. It's just it just holds data. Man, they used to sell them all the time. Hard drive. Gosh, dang, couldn't remember the word. No, I don't have a separate hard drive. So back in the day, like I don't know, seven years ago or so, you know, you, your computer could only store so much. I think um flash drives were at one gig was probably the most. And so, <laughs> you know, they sell these external uh, hard drives, which they still do, and you could store a bunch of data on that way. If your computer fries, you still have this external hard drive. So I think at one point in time, I bought one from Costco, and it was like 250 gigs, which at the time was a lot. And I stored a bunch of stuff on there. I still have it, and every once in a while, I download some pictures onto there. I'm like, I need to, I need to be more proactive in that. But I'm so trusting in mm-hmm. technology, mm-hmm. and I go, eh, I don't know. If my house burned down, I'm everything's on, like we said, the cloud. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, phones and computers are literally becoming, they, they go from relevant and significant in your life to units of storage. Mm-hmm. Because like my wife keeps old phones and I go, what, why? Why do, you, why do you keep that? And she's like, I just have a lot of pictures on there that I need. I really need to get them the on The new deck. phone, literally on an iPhone, when I get a new phone, it looks like nothing even happened. Yeah. I mean, it, it everything is on the cloud. It's exactly the same. All my pictures automatically go to the cloud. Oh, it I was have... the weirdest thing. I, I got this new phone and it was literally like, set this phone next to your old phone for about an hour. And then they Almost just... Almost 20,000 pictures yeah. on there. And they just keep going. 
yep. to the next one. Yep. So yeah, I, I I would never keep an old phone. But I don't think that was the case in the, back in the day. But she's well, got these... contacts. People are like, sorry, I got a new phone. I don't have any of my contacts. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like oh. that's not an excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fly. So what would you be known for? Getting back to your oh, original you're question. going back there. Well, real quickly before, uh, I I do know when this technology changed to the cloud. When Brandon changed all of my contacts to superheroes, um. and then I got a new phone. And I was like, okay, now I'll restart, and I'm like, oh, everything's exactly the same. So from there on, I was like, that's too much work. I'm not. It's sad because every time somebody calls you on your phone because you're really bad at picking up your phone in front of me while I'm talking to you. So I always. What look do you mean? At, I do it all the time. I, yeah, you're. Oh, you're really good at it. Actually, oh, okay, that's a you. better way of putting it. <laughs> Uh, it's a bad habit, but you do it well. Thank you. And I always look on there and it's always, everything is superhero names. And at first I remember when I met you, I was like, or, you know, later on, I was like, what is this guy doing? He's got superhero names in his contact. What a nerd. And now I know who they all are. And I go, oh, it's this person <laughs> yeah, it's, or that person. It's uh, less secretive sometimes. Because yes. if you're sitting there and people are like, who are te- who's texting you? Who's Human Torch? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. My kids all know now too. It's kind of funny. But every once in a while, I get a surprise in there. I, I went to... I was just talking to my wife about this and some friends. We went to Ireland and met these this couple from California. Hit it off really well, and we exchanged numbers. And he's like, oh, you have superheroes? Let me be Deadpool on your phone. I was like, cool. And we text all throughout the trip and stuff. And to this day, I have no idea what that dude's name is. Nah, <laughs> just Deadpool. Just Deadpool on my That's phone. A, you did yourself a real disservice. You're going to forget a lot of names. They're all going to be superhero names. Yeah, well... That's okay. I'm okay with that. It's always the worst when you just go, like, something is so vivid at the time, like a person's giving you their phone number for some reason, and you go, oh, your name's Jim, and oh, I'll remember Jim. And then literally, like, an hour later, you're like, I have no idea what that guy's name was. Like, you lose mm-hmm. it so quickly. That's why you're, like, supposed to say it, like, three times in your head or something like that. Or, like, associate it with something. Jim. Jim. Take Tim. a sip of coffee. Gin. Jim. Is that what? Oh, Jim. Take a sip of coffee. How's yeah. that? No, you can associate things. Like, I remember in college, they would be like, hey, uh, chew this flavor of gum when you're studying only, and then use that gum when you're taking a test. Oh my gosh, I've never done that. And it'll help you, like, remember things you were reading at the time. What? I'm not saying it worked. Huh. I did it, though. Did you? Cause, wow. Because there's a lot well, to Did it work for you? Uh, It's hard to say. In economics, it worked really well. So, something you were interested in. So, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I. I'd love to experiment that. There's got to be some. Ex- there's got to be some like data yeah, on that. We got. We should try it. We should try that. How, what a oh, memory, we're, we're a memory s- test? A memory test. Okay. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna sit down and take a test. Yeah. Only. Yeah. We'll study something chewing a certain gum, and then we'll we'll try to recall Just it. Just like one time. Like we'll play the game memory. Yeah, but you gotta wait a while too, so that the the flavor of the gum's gone, your palate's cleansed, you've forgotten all about it, and then it's like pop this piece we'll of gum. We'll do. In. A, we'll do one week, and then we'll come back the next. Fire week. off the questions. Yeah. Okay. Science. Okay. See, we're really proving the science. Oh. Who would have known we would add scientists to the list right. of things that we're are... We're not just religious compl- zealots. <laughs> accomplished. We're really, we're really doing the, the science. Yeah. Well, I, I think I would... Related to the show or just related to my persons? Like, similar question. If you want, if you were going to be, yeah, known for something... I mean, it could be on the show, but it could just be like... Yeah, I mean, on the show, I'm probably known for the guy who interrupts. The interrupter. <laughs> the interrupter. Um, I would like to not be that guy. Uh, but I'm okay with it as well. I, but I, I'll do nothing to change it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make zero effort to do something differently. I'll just hope and wish mm-hmm. that I get better. I'm okay with I'm okay with where I'm at. I I would like to be known. I like to be known for my sense of humor. Hmm. Um, I think that's important to me, and I probably wouldn't have admitted that when I was younger. But I do like to. Why hope. would you not have admitted it when you were younger? Um, because you didn't know. think you were funny, or you didn't want to let on that that's what you wanted to be. There it is, yeah, oh. probably. I didn't huh. Let on that's what I wanted to be, but I found that out when you know you get married, <clears> and then 
like if if my wife thinks other people are funny than me, that doesn't fly with me. Oh, yeah, that's not like a good thing. See, you guys are getting interesting insight into like what his little hot yeah. month. Because I think the thing about you that people seem to be most struck by. Well, one, you come across as very arrogant. Still doesn't come across in the show. That's a that's a common thread. You're interrupting leads into it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but but I don't think it's as. There'd be no way of knowing. It's subtle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Confident for sure. Um, Arrogant and confident for sure. So it's interesting to hear. Really drilling that in there, aren't you? (laughs) If you remember only two things from the show, (laughs) if you want to take that away, like I said, did I mention arrogant? So confident. I just want to make sure you. I, I mentioned arrogance. So it's interesting to me that you. That is the, this little insight into like some of it's, your it's not that like she can't, she can't find other people funny, but sometimes when if she goes on about somebody like uh, oh my gosh that person yeah. is so funny like yeah so you live with somebody who's hilarious yeah. that's what I'm thinking <laughs> you that's probably exactly how you would say uh-huh. it. yeah no I get that a little bit because I think that my wife she comes from the fitness world and she, specifically she does CrossFit and she was really competitive in CrossFit and in New Jersey like on the East Coast. It's a way, way, way more competitive sport out there. CrossFit's just kind of a douchey thing people do out here, but out there it was like a culture. And there were some freaking ripped people that she was going to the gym with. And so she would come out here and it was, she was like, oh, this is whack. Like nobody, there's no CrossFit out here. And I go, yeah, we're, we're going no to a CrossFit. We're going to a CrossFit gym. No, that's not real CrossFit. This is just old people going and trying to be healthy. And I remember it used to bug me where I'm like, okay, well, sorry, I'm not as ripped as that guy or sorry, I'm not competitive <laughs> at CrossFit. And I got over it because, I mean, you can't be good at everything. And But I remember that used to bug me a lot in the beginning. It was like a sensitive subject for me. Mm. Yeah. But I think everyone has that to some degree. Yeah. It's just, are you it's willing just, to admit it? Exactly. Yeah. See, that's, you're like, why would you... Do you think there's power in admitting it? Or do you feel like there's power in hiding your weaknesses? Um, uh, I probably, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know because I, I like... I, I wouldn't normally admit it, you know. So, so special for the show. Special for the show. I mean, no, Rachel and I have talked about it. She's she's mentioned it to me before because she's noticed it. And she's like, you do not like it if I think somebody else is funny. Mm. I'm like, well, I mean, it's fine if they are. But when she goes on about it, like I said. But specifically um, humor. Yeah, well, specifically, I don't care if they better than me in a bunch of other stuff. And I'm not. <laughs> so not better looking, not more successful. Those things don't bother you as much. Well, I mean, that would be hard to find. Or, or do you feel like they are so. against again? Or do you, yeah, do you feel like there just aren't that many people, like specifically with those two things, you feel like there just aren't that many people who you feel that competitive with? Yeah, I mean. But I, humor is one where you're like, okay. Yeah, um, well, there's always successful people. So that's like, I, I would never measure myself against successful people. But better looking people, I mean, you could, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, that's a really good looking person. I look at them and I go, I don't, I'm better looking. I have enough confidence to know that I'm a better looking person than a lot of people. <laughs> well, confidence will make you better looking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that, true. I would say most of your points would come from confidence. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. So yeah. So I'd be known as the confident guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't you, don't don't label me. You could be good looking through your confidence. Okay. That's good. But I, that's interesting because uh, I do you put yourself on a spectrum? Like, do you ever put yourself on a spectrum in your mind where you're like, this is where I am on the successful spectrum. I'm on the high end. I'm on no, the low. I'm not a nerd. You just don't care. I don't care about spectrums. Just You're on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> wow autistic people i'm very sorry for that that was a rude joke is it from an arrogant person disregard him <laughs> no i think i think a lot of people do though they think of themselves they they compare themselves a lot yeah i, I mean jordan peterson always tells you not i mean it's the thing he says not to compare yourself to others because there's always somebody better and i think that's really good advice i don't 
I don't compare myself to a lot to a lot of people, but I also think I'm good at a lot of things. So I just don't. And and if somebody's slightly better than me, um, I just go. You know what? If I put in enough effort, I could be better than them. That's mm-hmm. what I think in the back of my mind. Like mm-hmm. even when I play sports, sometimes that I don't. I'm like. Okay, well, if I practice as much as you, I would be just as good as you, too. Mm. So that's how I write it off. That's like a mental hack right there. It's like you basically can go, in my head, if I did as much work as you, I'd be better than you. So I am better than you. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good, uh, a good yeah, tactic. Take, take that home. Yeah, I should. Because I'm a little bit the opposite where I go, I do that mental trick where I go, if I tried as hard as you, I'd be better than you. I do have that in me. But then I go, hmm. But I don't have the discipline to do it. So that's a weakness of mine. And then it's like that willpower thing. You know, I took this weird personality test thing and it was like talking about how... You take a lot of them. I do. I did in a very condensed period of time. I took like three. Yeah. Because weird. randomly three people were like, take this one, take this one. I was like, well, I already did the other one. Might as well see if it all stacks up the same. Generally it does. But it was saying that I, my personality type puts a high value on willpower, which I thought, oh, that's weird. Because I do. I, I put a lot of... My respect for people goes into how much willpower they have. But the problem is, you know, if you're like, oh, well, if I put it, I, I just don't have the discipline. Sometimes, like, there's people out there that just, they're they're like, like running, for example. They just run all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, awesome. I could run, too, all the time. If I had the time or cared about the time. Mm-hmm. And it's an allocation to me. And I go, no, I'd rather allocate that time with my kids or my family, or maybe sitting and watching some shows that now you didn't get to watch because mm-hmm. you were out running. So yes, I could have the discipline to do it, but I choose to do other things that mm. they're going to miss out on. There's no way you could do everything. It would just be like, I mean, sometimes even when it comes to like, I would really like to be known for being very well educated on the Bible. I'm not, despite what you think. Like, I know I know better than, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't know anything, but I would love to know more. I would love mm-hmm. to dive deep into it. And sometimes I get on a rabbit trail where I go, oh, this is weird. I need to do more research on it, and I want to find out way more about it. But then I can get off of that. And then, you know, sometimes I go, oh, I don't put enough into that. I go, but there's people who dedicate. That's all they do. They don't, they don't have any time for anything else. They're mm-hmm. not learning how to, you know, play the drums or I don't know, uh, they're not running or Mm -hmm. doing a podcast or they're not doing anything else. They're just studying that. So I don't know that it's always fair to compare and go, well, I don't have the willpower. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what it is for me more is when people say they want something, but they're unwilling to do the work to do it. So if it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, other people can run better than me. I don't care. I don't want to spend an hour a day running. Okay, great. That's not a lack of willpower. That's just a lack of desire. But do you know, you have to notice how many people in your day-to-day life go, one of these days, I want to do this. And you're like, well, what are you doing? Did you get there? Well, that's true. I mean, I learned a long time ago that, you know, goals written down are like 70% more likely to succeed mm-hmm. just by writing them down. You're like, what? That's crazy. I mean, because a lot of people make goals, but just the act of like writing it down. And then it goes up from there if you, if you uh, put a timeline to it. You know, and then if you put actionable items before it and you break it down. And so there's a lot of things that you go, oh, I just need to like write out a plan. Yeah. And then I can do it. And so many people just even fail to do that. They go someday. Well, when's that someday? Sometimes they just need somebody in their life to go, hey, man, well, when's that someday? Mm-hmm. And then prod them a little bit more. Yeah. And so you ever notice some people get a little bit, uh, what is the word, like defensive when you like question them? You're like, well, you said that yesterday. So no, why are you not? Yeah. Why are you not? And you're not like 
prodding them necessarily. You're just curious, like, well, what was the difference between today and yesterday? And they're like, well, I'm just busy. I got things to do. And you're like, I wasn't coming at you, man. I'm just asking. They get defensive because I think it's a sore spot. But I think um, in addition to that, a lot of people are not very good time managers. I think people mm. go, okay, I work and then I parent and then I sleep. And it's like they blur this whole day together. And I go, look, man, if you want to run or you want to work out or you want to prep meals or you want to do more reading, like you can't just wish that into existence because if you Why get not? home, if you get home <laughs> and you've got kids, then that, that could easily take the rest of your day until you go to sleep. But you need to carve out that hour of time and just make it happen. And I think that. But you can, I mean, you can wake up early or, you know, stay ugh. up after, <laughs> stay up after. I mean, there's, there's always a way. What's interesting to me. I wonder where, if where you live makes a difference too. I mean, Oregon, right now, we have long days. We're getting into our long day season, Mm -hmm. where I feel like a lot more gets accomplished between spring and and fall. Mm -hmm. The summers, you're like, ah, I can get up. The sun's out when I got up this morning at 6 or 5.30. I don't know what time it was. It was early, and the sun was up. It'll be up till 9 o'clock at night, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a long day. Mm -hmm. But you fast forward to the wintertime, and sun doesn't come out till. Maybe it doesn't even come out that day. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't even come that's out, true. but let's let's pretend it's a day that the sun came out and it's I nine o'clock. It. O- I love o- it too because my wife, being she's on the same parallel line as us in New Jersey, which is interesting because mm. when we had that giant eclipse thing and it was like only people on the 45th parallel are going to get yeah, the yeah. full eclipse, she was like, I would have got this in New Jersey too. I was like, okay. Uh, okay. But I, she always complains about it. It's always so dark here and it's always... And I go... Yeah. You probably got exactly the same amount of sun as we did, and you had snow and way worse winters. But it's like people want to say that about Oregon, like that's what Oregon is known for. Crappy. Well, it's funny. My sister lives in San Diego, and she came up here, and she go because they're like the further north you get, you know, it, you get more shorter or longer, whatever. And she's like, "Man, the sun just sets way earlier where I'm at. I can't believe it's still light out," you know. And I go, "Yeah, that's what's great about up here." But then you fast forward the winter, and at four thirty-seven, it starts yeah. getting dark, and so then all of a sudden, your your mental clock inside your body changes. You get home, your kids start getting ready for bed earlier. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready. You're like, "I'm just tired. It's dark out." Yeah. Your melatonin kicks in. Yeah, and so trying to accomplish some of those things gets a little bit harder. Like I can go home right now if I get home at six. I can play with my son. We can put him, give him a bath, put him to bed. I can make some food and then I can go to the park and I can do a run for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and then come home. Still might have a little bit of daylight out, but when it's winter time, I'm like, I'm already in the dark before I even get home mm-hmm. and I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if where you live, cause I mean, if you're in California, you know, where it's just more consistent sunshine and it seems like it's easier to get up in the morning. Like for me, if it, if the sun's out, like I like to sleep with my blinds open because I want to wake up to the sun. Mm. I don't want to wake up to an alarm clock and it being dark. I don't. Have like you ever that. seen those? This is a little bit off. Those alarm clocks that are like meant to simulate sunlight. Like instead of a beeper going off, like to wake you up, it's oh, like a sunlight I think thing. I have seen that. I bought one of those things. This is the dumbest thing I've ever. Oh, and really? then there's Darn like it. fake. Oh, you got me excited tripping. there for a second. I mean, it just seems like a light got turned on because it's not as though while you're sleeping you like acknowledge the dim parts. You just all of a sudden, you're like, kind of like, it's blasting you and you're like, what the heck? And you look and it's just like bright in your room. And I go, this is awful. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't simulate sunlight? No, I mean, we got a cheaper one, so maybe a better one would, (laughs) but it was, it was not good. I basically relegated that thing to the end of the room. I was like, just turn that thing Yeah, I think if I was going to invest in something like that, I'd want it to be more expensive. I don't want it to be like Jarvis and Iron Man. (laughs) It's like, good morning, sir. Good morning. Here's your coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to buy a $20 one of those things where it's just like a, LED laser pointer yeah, in your eye. It was it's harsh, that's for sure. <laughs> Time to get up before you're blind. 
But it's interesting because talking about coming home and etching out my time for parenting, uh, which I don't do. I, I parent until he's asleep. You don't need to parent until... Uh, That's true. Until he's older. But we, my wife and I were talking about if this I'm today, trying to give you advice. Cause, which I need because it's my first one and he's, I've only had him for 10 months. Right. So not sure I'm really doing it right yet. But it's like, it's interesting because, you know, being on my phone, I'm just a person who's on my phone all the time, like refreshing mm-hmm. my email or whatever. Getting on me for... <laughs> right, on true. But it's like, I I have this phone on me all the time and then my son will kind of crawl up and he'll climb up and he'll reach for the phone, which is weird. I mean, I guess it's not weird because they want whatever you have, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But then the weirdest part was, and this kind of creeped me out, was he, I finally was like, here's the phone, you can take it. And he puts his hands in his thumbs and he starts doing this with his thumbs. And I was like, ooh, you're he, like emulating he, me. He knows where to go. Yeah, he knows where to go. He's like using his thumbs and just mm-hmm. like swiping. And I go, oh, that's weird. And I noticed that he just watches me when I'm on my phone, and all of a sudden I felt like I was a bad yeah, parent. Yeah, you might be messing up already. I didn't think you could, but you might be. Well, hey, today I spent a good like hour with him building little blocks and trying to show him. So I was like, I'm going to make up for all this 10 months of badness. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't feel like there's, I mean, there's always different ways to parent. And sometimes it's like whatever you learned, you kind of mm-hmm. try to do the same. And sometimes you're like, wait, why did my parents have that rule? And you don't really know. I I know like one of the things that influences us is our circle of friends. Mm -hmm. When we were first talking about phones, Hey, are you getting your kid a phone? Let me know if you're getting your kid a phone. Cause then my kid's going to want a phone. Mm -hmm. We just need to talk about this. Like, can we make sure we're all on the same page? And you know, it happens, I think with girls and makeup. Cause once your daughter starts wearing makeup, my daughter's going to want to start wearing makeup. Mm -hmm. I just want to know why you allowed it. Cause they're all going to, I mean, it's with Instagram. Like some of my friends, uh, kids, they're like, see, Evian has Instagram, which is my daughter. Why, why, why can't we have Instagram? And I'm going, yeah, why can't you have Instagram? And they're like, cause there's, st- I don't, and I was like the advocate for those kids. I was like, dude, you're like parenting in a commune. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Yeah. You guys are like sharing resources, including yeah. ideas. That's weird. Kind of. You're so kind then, of a communist. Oh dear. Yeah. I'm going to break that up right now. <laughs> Sending, we're going to do whatever we want. Me this on the other capitalist. hand, I'm a capitalist. I'm solo. This is a capitalist parenting techniques. <laughs> uh, but then it, uh, you know, we did, we did what everything we thought was right with, with our oldest fought him tooth and nail on everything. And when parenting, you kind of have to pick your battles. You fast forward to our third kid and we, we picked less battles, which mm-hmm. was kind of a mistake. We, mm. we, we totally messed up. And once you mess up on certain things, like for instance, his eating, we just, he ate pretty well when he was younger. And then later he got really picky and we just kind of like let him be picky. Mm-hmm. And now it's turned into this thing where, like the kid just won't eat if it's not the right food. And I go, Oh no, we messed up along the way mm-hmm. because we should have, we should have attacked that and we didn't. And we let so much time go by where we let him be picky mm-hmm. where he just literally was it laziness. Did you get lazy? It could, I mean, it could be you're so busy taking your kids to different places. And yeah. um, yeah, if like, I don't know that any of us would want to admit that that's probably what we chalk it up to. I mean, you have to be pretty, you have to be pretty, um, what do you call that? Intentional about mm-hmm. that stuff. It takes and energy. It does. And then, um, you know, I was really intentional with my oldest. I mean, I remember he would, he would sit in his door when I put him in his room and like bang on it and I'd have to hold the door closed, you know, and it would be like two hours that I'd be there. And I was, it was a lot of work with him um, when it came to discipline. And then, yeah, you fast forward and you're like, I just don't have the time to do two hours of this. Yeah. But then you have some of these parents, you know, that like, Oh, I homeschool my kids. They're like, mm-hmm. I make dinner every night. I make them do. I, I don't know. Just, you're just like, how do you have time? We're for running all this? into that right now because uh, Lynn and I are generally healthy eaters, and we put value in like eating healthy and like your health and like fitness and things like that. 
And so we were, when we had Matthew, we thought, okay, we're going to give him the best food. We're going to really try to like be, you know, organic and not these processed things. Oh, wow. You really are Oregonian. We really are Oregonian. We, we thought, okay, this is important. And then after a while, we were just like, oh my gosh, just give this kid the dino chicken nuggets already. We don't (laughs) even care. Just cook them up and get them in his mouth. And meanwhile, we've got this neighbor who ironically went to our CrossFit gym. She's like 25 years old and she had a kid like the same day we did. There's your cult CrossFit and, right And there. she doesn't have a job. She didn't listen, so I can say this. No job. Her Yet. boyfriend has no job either. Mm. And so Lynn is always like, ah, oh, it's kind of cool because they actually give Oliver, their son, like the really healthy stuff. And they I'm pr- sorry, they both don't have a job? They both don't have a job. Oh, how do, um, one of them, working? One of them is in school, which oh. I've played that racket before. You just collect student loans to pay for okay. your living. Um, so yeah, they don't have jobs and I don't, I think she literally has no income. So I think it's like, that's their income. Mm. Um, but they're giving him the organic food. They're putting in the time and she's like, yeah, they're really, you know, they're doing it. They're doing all the stuff that I wish I had the energy to do right now. And I go, they don't, they they don't have jobs. Like it would be easier. There's a sacrifice somewhere of something. Yeah. I mean, anytime you look at that and if you can dissect anybody's life and you look at them and you start comparing yourself, like we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier and you're like, Oh my gosh, they do things so much better than me. There's something being sacrificed. Yeah, that's true. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that they're sacrificing. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is it's, it's again, everything comes down to an economics lesson. It really always does. Oh, see? Everything, bring, it, bring it full circle everything, back to what you want to be known for, the economist. Everything comes down to the allocation of scarce resources. That is literally the first principle of economics. And the only scarce resource that we know is time. Is time. It's the scarcest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting to think about, isn't it? Because you think about how much time you spend chasing money bigger house or a cooler car or buying things and you go oh yeah but you like you only have 80 years and right so so why do you care so much about working out and eating healthy because i want to if i can squeak out a few more years do you think that's what it'll do no here's what it is quality of life when i get older okay i may not live until i'm 100 but if i can still move when i'm like 75 we don't know that that's the recipe because there are super healthy people that fall dead at 60 that's true and and rachel's grandma is 95 94 something like that super spry i just met a lady the other day 95 and i go those people i mean i know her her grandpa lived to 100 i mean they didn't they ate bologna sandwiches yes or smokers or people who drink you know a good amount or i don't think they were drinkers or smokers so that maybe that's why they lived for longer but i mean you go wait they didn't eat super healthy they craft cheese american cheese the, the most processed like crock butter or not mm-hmm. i can't believe it's country not butter or, country yeah, yeah. All, the, the stuff you go it was the year it was the years of artificial food and the cheapest wonder bread stuff that they lived off of so it wasn't that what, i think what a was lot, it i think a lot of it is genetics or i think genetics play a big role my wife said yeah genetics because i i mean I so then at, why why work out just look at your genetics because maybe i can enhance my genetics maybe i can unlock some of the better ones because you could do that you know like they did a study on um like something like 500 obese men and it was like what was it It was something about the health of their kids when they were they uh had kids they all had they, 500 obese men obese parents maybe who had children but half of them stayed obese through conception and through the first you know year of the kid's life the other half basically dropped a bunch of weight before they conceived the child so they were like okay and the kids who were born to the people who were working really hard to lose the obesity had much healthier genetic indicators. It was like 
you can deactivate and activate certain genetic qualities within yourself. So it's like you right now have the genetics of a fat person and a skinny person in you. It's just which are you going to activate? And you're only 37. Yes, I don't say only often. Usually I'm telling you how old you are. Yeah, you and everybody else. So you might in 10 years go, gosh, I wish I got on that fitness train with Aaron because it's going to be hard to lose this extra 40 pounds. Because you might lose... You, you, But you say quality of life. You look miserable all the time. Do I? Yeah. You're always... I, I go, how's Whole30? You go, I feel sick all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot of dieting things that really do suck. And honestly, running sucks. I hate running. Right. So you're like, I'm living... I'm going through crap right now so I can have quality of life later. Yeah, that's true. Why not just enjoy now? Enjoy now and give up later. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like when your health declines, it declines exponentially. <sighs> And I feel like it's really hard to get back. It's, yeah, there's some things that are just out of your control. So. And, and I think, uh, yeah, I think weight is a big one, too. Like, I feel like I probably have the genetics to be a fat person. Yeah, I, I don't want to get fat. Because I feel like that's a tough one. That, fat doesn't just make you uncomfortable. Like, it can your blood pressure goes up and mm-hmm. you're, you know, all sorts of bad things. Yeah, that's not something I want to do. Yeah. Well, um, I, think, I think we should end on not being fat. Yeah, just... We're, we're gonna get called out for that don't don't be fat just don't, don't be fat we're gonna be called out for that oh no you know what's worse is now that's the episode name i just know it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna get some real hate you know what i was listening to uh, i watch comedians and cars getting coffee with jerry seinfeld i just think it's funny and somebody you know they get they was talking about how he got in trouble and it was steve harvey and he's like yeah and i had to apologize for something and jerry seinfeld's like can't you just say it's a joke? Like, what happened to the world? Why can't mm-hmm. we just be like, it's a joke? And he goes, you don't have to. Because Steve Harvey goes, I had to apologize. No, you don't. Jerry Seinfeld was like adamant. No, you don't. You well, don't have to apologize. And dude, in culture today, you can't win either way. Like, did you see that the Raiders tweeted when uh, George Floyd's uh, murder cop guy got convicted? The Raiders tweeted, I can breathe. Oh, yeah. On 420. Yep. And LeBron James just went in on him where he was mm-hmm. like, this is not going to stand, blah, blah, And I was he like... Re- he took down his tweet. Which LeBron is great because I was like, oh But it God. was already retweeted. So. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I scrolled through the comments and thank God most everybody was like, dude, lighten up. Obviously, their intent was not bad. They were trying to be pro-George Floyd. And I go, thank you. Yeah. You can't be pro or can't be against. You, so you can't like, do anything. Can't and it's win. like the latest thing where the girl got shot and they're all saying the cop's a killer... Um, I don't remember where it was, but she w- it was like two 16-year-old girls yeah, fighting. Yeah, one was trying to get one was trying to stab the other. Stab the other and the cop shot her and then everyone's like, "Well, why do you have to shoot her four times?" And oh, another black girl shot by a white cop and it's like, "What about context?" Like there's a backup cam video of her with a knife about to freaking shank that And he girl. saved another black girl. Right. Yeah. But it's like the narrative is so mm-hmm. strong that they can't just let that be. They're like, "No, we're going to paint this into something bad." Yeah. Well, um I know you you got there from it's just a joke. <laughs> but next job, that's how you always play politics right into it somehow. It's going to get there. Hey, it's still titled the show. Don't just don't be fat. Just don't. Oh, the title. I was like, it's called the two opinion guys, but I see this one. That's what you want me to call it. This episode. So Aaron wants me to call it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Cause you you're going to label that too. Aaron wanted this to be called. <laughs> Cause no. you know, the last one, I, yeah. Anyway, last one, I couldn't even think of a name. So you didn't help me out at all. Yeah. There was no title that. You couldn't make a title for that one. There was no way. It was, it was episode so 38. Good. It was so good. You couldn't put a label <laughs> on it. 
It's probably gonna be our highest rated one because our second highest rated one was one that was just episode fourteen. Yeah, it is still to this day. It keeps creeping up. Everybody just keeps going. Oh, I want to listen. I think maybe because we hype it up, even when we talk about it, we're yeah, like maybe. episode fourteen, and so people are like, I gotta check out episode. fourteen. Or maybe 14. they just they read into the subject matter and they go, this title means nothing compared to what they're talking about, and then they're like, oh, episode fourteen, interesting. What could that possibly be? About? Mm. Maybe. Well, all right. Uh, by the way, welcome to the Two Opinion Guys podcast. I'm Marshall, and this is Aaron. Welcome.